Shalom, this is Rabbi Tama Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue bringing you a message about faith. The passage we're concerned with is Romans 3, 27 through 31. Now as you look at these verses I'm going to cover, uh, please consider them carefully. Faith excludes boasting. Faith justifies a man without the works of the law. Please note I'm talking about justification, not obedience, which is a necessary result of justification. Faith reveals only one God who deals with all equally, and faith upholds and establishes the law. I want to briefly explore that last point first and then come back to the first. How can faith uphold and establish the law more correctly, the Torah? How can that be? Haven't I heard that the law is dead? Isn't faith and law in opposition to each other? We should have resolved that issue in a study of James versus Shaul or Paul. Now, there's an illustration of the, quote, cross, which is really an execution stake, could be constructed as a symbol of our relationship to God and man, vertically to God and horizontally to each other. That uh, also alludes to the idea of Jacob's ladder. In the Old Testament, times and in our day as well the law served the same purpose every Jew knows that the Torah was given to instruct us in our relationship to the Creator and mankind notice how the Ten Commandments are arranged the first four deal with man and God and the last six with man and man Yeshua and the cross or better rendered the execution stake is the culmination of that revelation Yeshua in his Sermon on the Mount which is found in Matthew 5 through chapter 8 is seen as expanding on or instructing us in the spiritual application of the law. That's what Yeshua came for. He did not come to do away with it. Christian clergy would love to teach you that, and well, they do teach that, and have you believe it, but it is not so. And it's a very dangerous stance to take because it's not consistent with God's Torah. He does not fail to cover every law given of Hashem in this sermon. He establishes and refines them. He does not annul them. And in verse 19 of chapter 5, let me read where Yeshua says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. We covered this with the uh, podcast I uh, finished about five minutes ago. And that one dealt with Yeshua saying, I am the way. He is the only way. Lest anyone think I'm teaching salvation and works, let me speak now. This is not so. I am teaching salvation and obedience. A simple reading of the preceding verse illustrates that Yeshua is not speaking of salvation, but of the believer who ignores or teaches other people to live by less than Elohim, God's Torah, shall be called the least in heaven. We're talking about clergy or anybody else who calls themselves a teacher of God's word. I want Yeshua to approve of me and to say of me, a good and faithful servant, and be called great in the kingdom of heaven because of my obedience. So should you. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, and I'll recap and bring, up, uh, bring this up to verse 27. Shaul, or Paul, wrote this letter sometime between 55 and 58 A.D., as he was going to Jerusalem to deliver an offering from the Gentile believers 
to their impoverished Jewish brethren in Israel. Shaul had a personal compulsion to visit and witness in Rome itself. His missionary strategy had been to evangelize the great metropolitan cities along with the route that stretched from Jerusalem to Rome. As Shaul needed to establish a base from which to launch his mission to Spain, Rome was ideal. By writing the Romans, he was preparing the Roman believers for the day when he would reveal his vision to them. He was making them familiar with his name, his mission, and his love. He's addressing himself to self-righteous dead works and who is a real Jew. And in verse 27, false confidence in dead self-righteous works resulting in boasting. So he's exploring self-righteous work in light of what is the right relationship with God. In Romans 3.27 we read, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. We can conclude that works by itself causing boasting in oneself. So what does the law of works promote? It causes man to stand before Hashem and other men and declare that he is more acceptable than others, more deserving than others, has achieved more than others, is more sufficient than others, is more adequate than others, and has no need beyond himself and this world. On the other hand, Shaul, Paul, is saying faith, or better trust, causes boasting in God. Faith excludes boasting among men. Boasting is now excluded and eliminated, banished and made impossible. No man can boast in himself before Elohim. No man can boast in his own righteousness, goodness, merit, or virtue. In summary, the law of works causes men to be focused upon self instead of Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. In James 4.16 we read, But how now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. In Revelation 3.17, Because you say I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and you know not what you are, wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And in Psalms 10.3 we read, For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. And in Psalms 49.6 and 7 we read, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to Hashem a ransom for him. I could go on and on, but I think you get the picture, I hope. So do you see the difference? Let's move on to verse 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith or trust without the deeds or works of the law. This is not obedience after justification, but self-righteous work, to design to earn or merit justification. So what does this imply? What is the way that puts an end to human boasting and pride of self-righteousness and works? It is the law of faith. The law of faith excludes boasting. Man has to boast in God when he believes what scripture has declared, and that's what Shaul wrote about in Romans 1, 18, 3, 26. Now, that God exists, that God is the creator of the universe and can be known by man, and man is short of God's glory and righteousness, and that God has provided righteousness for man by grace through faith, trusting in Yeshua the Messiah, his finished work, and his resurrection. It is Adonai who has created and given man his ability, and who has provided righteousness for man, 
Adonai has provided the way for man to be saved from sin, death, and hell. As a result, man has to boast in God, not in self. For God is the one who has given man all that he has, both his natural ability and his eternal salvation. We see then it is the law of faith, not the law of works that eliminates boasting. This is essential to understanding our relationship to Yahweh Elohim. A man is justified by trust and not by the deeds of the law. Boasting is proof. Ask yourself who is to be praised and set up as the subject of glory. Is man the one in whom to boast? Is man the one who is to be glorified? If man created himself and saved himself from sin and death by his own works and deeds, then he is the one to be glorified. But what can man do these things? Man did not make himself, nor can he save himself. When we consider that man is corruptible and that man can do nothing beyond this life, then boasting is excluded. We must conclude that man cannot be justified by the law, but by faith, by believing in God and his righteousness. Now, in 1 Corinthians 6.20 it reads, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And in 2 Thessalonians 1.12 we read, That the name of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah may be glorified in you, and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. And in Jeremiah 9.24, But let him that glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am Yahweh, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for these things I delight, saith Yahweh. Now this brings us to the third point. Faith reveals only one Elohim who deals with all equally. Reading verse 29, Shaul writes, Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. In verse 30, Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith, and the uncircumcision through faith. Shaul is simply saying Jew and Gentile, circumcised and uncircumcised, will be justified by the same means, faith. Also, Shaul is telling the Roman church that God is the universal God, that true faith reveals only one God who deals equally with all. God created everyone, therefore he is God of all. There is not one God for the Jew and another for the Gentile. God called the Jews for a purpose, as he has called each and every one of you. In Acts 17.28 we read, There is only one God in whom we live and move and have our being. And in Malachi 2.10 we read, Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? So the point is this. When man trusts Yahweh to save him, and to count him righteousness, righteous in Yeshua, that man's faith proves that God is, and there is only one true living God, that God treats all men equally, and that all men are sinners, saved just like all other believers, be they Jew or Gentile. Now this brings us to our fourth and last point. Verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Listen to this section closely. God forbid, yea, we establish the law. So all along you may have been thinking or have been taught that faith alone will get your salvation. Well, first you've got to look up what faith means in Hebrew. All right, It's not an intellectual idea 
of just belief, the profession of belief, as many Christians are told, will get them to heaven. Listen to this section carefully. So, again, verse 31, do we then make void the law through faith? That's what Christianity teaches. God forbid, yea, we establish the law. And this means three things. Number one, Yeshua established the law. He was everything that God said man should be. He was the ideal of all that God wants man to be. Therefore, Yeshua fulfilled, or better rendered, made the law complete by perfect obedience, and in so doing gave us the perfect example to attain. But there's something more. Yeshua not only fulfilled and made perfect the law by example, fulfilling doesn't mean doing away with either. It means showing a correct interpretation of how to live it. He fulfilled the penalty of the law. He took the penalty and punishment of man upon himself and died for man. Man is thereby absolved from the penalty and punishment of imputed sin that came with the fall of Adam. Again, the imputed sin that came with the fall of Adam. We still have the sin nature, but now we have the power to overcome it and make Torah nature our first nature and not human nature, which is our sinful nature. So, man is thereby absolved from the penalty and punishment exacted by the law if that man puts his trust in Yeshua. Again, look up the word trust. It means to emulate, to follow, to worship. It doesn't mean sitting on your can and waiting on God to return. Number two, now, the believer establishes the law when he admits he is a lawbreaker or a sinner. In so doing, he admits that the law is good. The law is good because it points out his sin. It makes him guilty and it leads him to confess his need for help outside of himself. But the law is good because it also points man to Messiah, Yeshua. It makes man cast himself upon Yeshua, Yeshua's faithfulness or righteousness. It forces him to believe and to honor God. Therefore, the believer's faith establishes the law. He wouldn't give us the Ten Commandments and all the other laws and statutes if they were going to be erased and done away with when God came incarnate as Yeshua. Number three, the believer also establishes the law because in seeing what Yeshua has done for him, he's driven to please Elohim. We, know we follow God, those who love God, follow him by doing what he tells us to do because we love him. It is not what God referred to in Isaiah and other passages saying, I don't want your sacrifices, I don't want your Sabbaths, they mean nothing. He wasn't talking about the fact that they actually mean nothing. What was going on was that people were keeping the letter of the law without the heart of the law, without the spirit of the law. Think of how many people, for example, tithe and throw a little penance in the, in the cup or the, the bowl or even take change back and their heart's not in it. Your heart needs to be in everything you do for God or it doesn't count. The believer sees Yeshua bearing the guilt and punishment for his crimes or his sins and then bows in love and adoration and arises to work in appreciation for such amazing love. The believer observes the law not to be justified, earn or win righteousness, but to serve and to please God. He does not try to put Yahweh in debt for salvation but he thanks Yahweh for righteousness, seeing that he owes Hashem whatever service he can do. That's our reasonable service. 
The genuine believer has come to know above all others that love is much stronger force than fear. All of us who are set apart also know we're set apart by grace through faith. But as James said, faith without works is dead. Yeshua himself said, I've already quoted partly from Matthew 5, but he also said in verse 17 that quote, Think not, I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. That means to show a, a, a incorrect interpretation of. I've not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That means to establish, to give myself as a model for you to attain to. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled or completed. And it hasn't yet. And again, verse 19. Whoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and shall teach men to do so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, if we're set apart by Hashem, then it is our duty to observe Yahweh's law, not in self-righteousness, but because we love him. All scripture is given for guidance and instruction. If we're not called and set apart into salvation, then we need to look to the law and see how utterly wanting we are in obtaining Elohim's righteousness. Without his provision, Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah. Now consider for a moment our kinsman redeemer suspended on an execution stake, a tree if you will, between heaven and hell under the terrible weight of all our sins, a crown of thorns on his head, blood streaming down his face, unrecognizable, his back raw from the cat of nine tails, his back raw from the cat of nine tails and his countenance beaten beyond human recognition, suffocating as the weight of his body causes him to slowly sink down to relieve the pain from the nails driven through his ankles. Then rising again because the pain in his wrists and shoulders is excruciating. The endless cycle of raising and lowering himself to get some relief from the pain slowly paralyzing his lungs and the slow suffocation begins until death and in the final moments of earthly life the final torment he cries out in agony in Aramaic by the way Eli Eli lama sabachthani my God my God why hast thou forsaken me forsaken for your sins and mine can you imagine the torment in this cry Take a moment to consider these questions, and as you do, and if you're not set apart by Hashem's Ruach, it's time now to commit to Him. And if you're set apart, it's time to commit your life to Torah observance and obedience to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is your decision and your choice while the ark door, so to speak, remains open. There will be a day that door will shut, and no others will be admitted. This choice affects not only you, but perhaps your spouse, your family, and even your friends and acquaintances. If you haven't made that choice and committed yourself to it, now is the time. If you have already, renew, refresh your commitment to God.
and continue your walk as he would have you walk. Shalom. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please go to our website at rabdavis.org and you can read all about my qualifications. There are many studies on there. You can click on the Ask the Rabbi link and post what you would like and I will certainly get back with you uh, and respond. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you again next time.